0: Things that used to kind of like rub me the wrong way. But now it's like, I value those things in Angus. It's like now. And
1: and I'm not afraid of you anymore.
0: (laughs) And why did you stutter then? (laughs) You better still be afraid of me. (laughs) I think it works. My relationships work best when everybody's just a teeny bit
2: afraid of me.
1: Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week, we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. Welcome back to the show. So great to have you here. Today is a special, special uh, recording that we get to share with you where Tim and I have brought in our uh, co-conspirators in life, our wives, and with the holidays coming up, there's a lot of stuff that I know, Tim, this applies, right?
2: Yes, I'm so excited. These women are amazing and smart and brilliant and We're having a really cool discussion that we recorded a little while back about the dynamics of family. The holidays are coming up and some of us have amazing relationships with our family that we look forward to. Others of us have other types of relationships that we don't. And how do you interact even with the closest people? how do you work through conflict in a healthy way? And our family discovered a tool that has been a game changer. Mm -hmm. And we're really excited to share it with our listeners today.
1: Oh my gosh. And you're gonna hear some of the wits. You're gonna hear some of our banter uh, that we have (laughs) because we know each other so well. And now all four of us work together as part of Evolve leadership. And we're all part of one big tribe. That's the firm that we've created here at Evolve Leadership, and so you're going to get introduced to them, and perhaps in the very near future, you're going to hear some of their voices. Foreshadow, foreshadow. And with that, let's jump into this incredible session right now. Hey there, we are talking about the enneagram in relationships. We're trying to perfect the imperfect,
0: and we're hopping right in because (laughs) I'm. Wow.
1: So I think I'm imperfect. And all of us are perfecting each other. We're at a state of helping one another get better. We need each other.
3: That's okay. right. Can you relate? Uh, do you think this way? Do you have a lot of trouble in, with your family or with your close personal relationships? Feeling understood or understanding why someone is doing what they're doing? There are a lot of tension and conflict. Um, I feel like this, this season could bring that about in a lot of families. And we're talking about that today. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're here with our families talking about that today.
0: Not only talking about it within like your nuclear family, like, because I feel like a lot of people are committed to like working it out, just in, you know, a husband and a wife. But we have the four of us on here for a reason. And it's because each of us has had interpersonal conflict over the years that we have eventually worked
1: out. Some some more than others.
3: Some more than others. We'll get to that. (laughs) Um, And so who who are we in in terms of like, how are we related? Because people may not know that we are actually family. Right. Uh, We are two sisters.
1: Don't point at me.
3: (laughs) I'm saying two sisters and two bald men. And
2: two baldies. Very (laughs) handsome bald men. Two
3: curlies (laughs) and two baldies.
2: That's right. Devilishly handsome bald men. (laughs) But, and in our relationships, and especially when we first uh, moved to the same city, we were trying to navigate all these things without some helpful tools. And so we learned a lot of things the hard way and had some hard conflict to work through. And we we discovered one tool that was extremely helpful Mm -hmm. for us individually, but also for relationally. And that is called the Enneagram. Yeah.
0: So what is the Enneagram? If you don't know what the Enneagram is, here is a little summary by Ian Cron, who I'd say is the, probably the leading expert on the he's Enneagram. A guru. He's a, a guru. He's an Enneagram guru. Yeah. Um, it is an ancient personality typing system with nine personality types, one that we gravitate towards. Each of the nine personality types we gravitate towards and adopt in childhood as a way of coping Navigating relationship and getting our needs met. Each type has an unconscious motivation that powerfully influences how they act, think, and feel, and it is the lens through which they see the world. So there are nine personality types, and just briefly, they are one is uh, just a, a brief title that can maybe kind of sum it up in just a word the perfectionist, two, the helper, three, the performer.
2: <laughs> Angus is the three. Hey,
0: why only the sound on yours? <laughs> <laughs> Four He's is the, the, the individualist. Uh, five is the investigator. Six is the loyalist. Seven, the enthusiast. Eight, the challenger. And nine, the peacemaker.
2: And what's really funny is within our family, extended family, and kids, we have each one of these nine. We have
0: all the numbers, attributes, in our house. and they
2: all interact differently, right? Be different people have different needs. They see the world differently. And it—I know for me, it was such an eye opener when I could start seeing Sammy or Angus or Sandra through the lens that they saw the world, like. Oh, that's why they do that. And that's why I do that. And so it's an extremely helpful tool for us as a family and extended family.
0: But mostly that's why Angus does that. (laughs)
3: That's (laughs) hard.
0: Just joking, just joking. Okay, so what
3: was the biggest thing, would you say, one of the biggest things that you learned about yourself when you discovered your Enneagram number?
2: What about you, babe?
0: Pretty much when I read through the summary of what a one is, I fully connected on all cylinders, but I never liked the term perfectionist. I would rather, and this is kind of a subtitle for that group, which is the reformers.
2: Or the improvers. That's another one I've heard Ian Cron use. Yes.
0: I like to improve myself. I like to improve. Everybody.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> Even but when yeah. they don't want to be improved.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> they don't want to be improved. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, my name, Sandra, actually means helper and defender of mankind. So, I kind of feel like it's all in my blood, all in my everything. You know, it's like, this is like who I was
3: meant to be. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a reformer. I like things to be improved. I can say that when I discovered you were one, it helped me. Because I always thought, man, she's always trying to do something new. She's always trying to do a marathon. She's always trying to do a diet. And then I was always like, I have no discipline. When I found out that you were a one, I'm like, oh, it's just that's how you're wired. (laughs)
1: better about yourself when you
0: found out I was a one.
1: <laughs> but I, I also learned too, because because you're a one, ones can oftentimes be hypercritical of themselves. Because they hold things up to a high standard, they also hold themselves up to a high standard. And I realized me being so fun-loving and a little verbose, and I would tease you only to realize that sometimes when I was just trying to be funny, that I actually cause you to question yourself and feel bad about yourself because I would, you know, make fun about maybe the way you did something. And then you think like, oh, maybe I didn't do that right. Or maybe, maybe I suck at this or whatever. Like I know that I triggered some of your inner monologue in my just being myself.
3: And Mm -hmm. that was something
1: that I discovered, you know, about our communications and relationship. When I learned that you were a one that I I had to like not do that.
2: I discovered with ones is that you're very belief driven and things are more black and white mm-hmm. i see the world in this sounds weird i won't say 50 shades of gray but like gray is a color like it does exist and... not 50 shades of them but yes no, yes yes. <laughs> yes but in our relationship, I would see both sides where I would see nuance and it was either black or white. So it was really helpful to, for me to understand like where you're coming from and how you see And each one of those viewpoints is connected to a deep seated belief that you cannot shake. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's actually really admirable. Mm-hmm. Like I respect that. And, and so it helped us in our relationship. I'm
0: learning sure. to see more gray though. I truly am.
3: So
2: just not 50. <laughs>
3: What about well, you guys? And That's the thing about the Enneagram numbers is that you're not stuck there and that yeah. it's exactly. not meant to box you in. The whole point is to understand right. where you are and then to grow from there and expand. Yeah. But don't you feel like a lot of people are scared about that with the Enneagram of getting they don't want to do it
0: because they don't want it to box them in. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they don't like the
3: number.
1: Well, yeah. everybody that reads it when they first read theirs, they always see the negative first. You know, no. that's the way we choose to. Mm-hmm. To show up in the world. But yeah. As we get healthier, we can, we can show up in different ways because we can become yeah. more self-aware.
3: So yeah, we you don't have to stay so black and white. Exactly. You can move into the gray.
2: And that was a big deal for me knowing that just because I was a certain number and these were characteristics, it showed me what unhealth looked like as far as characteristics and, and but what health. And when I looked at all the healthy aspects of my number, I was like, I'm in on that. Like, that's exciting. So I'm glad that it's not some static box that shoves you in. It really is kind of leads you forward with your, with your personality. Here's kind of the best version of yourself. Here's what it could look like.
3: So what number are you, Tim, for everybody?
2: I am a nine, which is a peacemaker. I can see both sides of an issue. I can empathize with both sides of an issue. Nines and typically hate conflict, right? So my kids are arguing, I usually don't let them work it out. I try to jump in right away. If we're arguing, I would say sorry, even if I didn't mean it. Just Like, (laughs) like, even if I thought it's totally her fault, but I'll say sorry, just so we can, you know, end the conflict. But then I'll be, you know, harboring all this resentment for the things she did or whatever. And so um, for me, when the very first time I took the test, I don't know if you guys remember this. I think we were in the room. I cried when I read it. Because the Enneagram for me was the most validating, self-understanding tool for me. Mm. I felt so seen mm. because all there's some great other personality tests, but none of them related to me in the way of like, wow, how I feel, how I see the world is valued. You know, mm. it's not like you're just lazy or you're just, <laughs> uh, you know, can't make a decision or whatever it was. It was a way of viewing the world and many other people, you know, did it. And even when I saw that presidents and, and different leaders and, and influential people were my number, I thought, you know what, that's, that's cool. I can grow. And so, so for nines, we hate conflict. And in negative, we'll go into procrastination because we don't like the conflict of having to do whatever, we're you know, take out the trash or that assignment or that work thing we can go into kind of pulling back and just kind of blending in with everybody else, not having a voice. But when we're healthy, we can exercise our voice in a loving way. And Sandra and I have experienced just many growing pains for me trying to use my voice in a way that's healthy that she can understand. But it's been so incredibly empowering, at least for me, knowing my number and and understanding that.
3: Yeah, someone likened it to the fact that um, you know you can be a nine and just like you can be a color blue, but then there are lots of shades of blue mm-hmm. and but it's still blue yeah no,
2: yeah it's not gray it's blue no. <laughs> Angus, what about you? what number oh,
1: are yeah. you so i'm a three, and the more you get into this stuff you you find more nuance and you can usually have kind of a wing and I, we won't go into all that tonight, but i'm a three wing two, which plays into the personality a little bit, you know, more fully. But I think it's so funny, Tim, that you said, oh, this is the first, you know, tool that made me feel seen. Whereas a three, like, that's exactly right. I'm seen. Because as a three, they want to be in the limelight. They want to be in, I want in to. the middle. I <laughs> I want to be (laughs) in the middle of the mix, you know, I'm not afraid to get in front of a crowd. I'm not afraid to be on camera or or things of that nature. And when unhealthy and in my past, that would play into some elements of selfishness or narcissism or manipulation because I could use that energy and that strength to get what I wanted. Hmm. And so part of my learning was how to dial that back to be more authentic because other people would also perceive me as being manipulative or shady. Um, And so I've had to learn to like kind of pull that back. In fact, one of the jobs I had, the owner of the company said, Angus, I want you to come to this company and bring your full self. And I said, you don't want my full self. I promise (laughs) you, you don't want my full self. And he didn't get that. And I uh, knew that if I came with my full self, like I can walk into any room and just kind of own it. And that's mm-hmm. not always my place. In mm-hmm. fact, most times it's not. And I've learned to turn that strength into a different kind of strength. So now my energy is to pull stuff out of other people.
0: Mm, I love with
1: that. I love it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like yeah. highlight other friends, highlight my clients, highlight the people that I'm around, and using my capacity to celebrate other people. Wow, and, that, and that's, that's been that's, a huge shift.
3: That's been a huge shift because when we were first married, we would walk into a room, and <laughs> he would he would go like we if we were at a party, he would literally like go to go talk to other people. And I'd be standing there like, hello, (laughs) you know? And then he'd be like, my wife is back there somewhere, you know, it wasn't that so much fun. And at, at first when we were together, it was like, if I'm gonna go somewhere with you, can you stay by me? Are we going to be there together? Otherwise, right, we had a, that was really hard. And he's like, but I wanna talk to people, I wanna socialize. And I'm like, then I don't need to come so that you can socialize.
1: You know, learning in our relationship too is understanding that when it's a three is unhealthy, they can't make decisions and they, you know, whatever. So there have been seasons in our life where, you know, things didn't go very well. And my wife and my family would need something from me. Sam would say, Hey, when are you going to do that thing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. When are you do this thing? I'll get to it. Really? Just come on. I'm just, I don't. And I would be in this state of almost confusion. Yeah. And, and lethargy that, and.
3: And that's a good. And now knowing the Enneagram, you, you can spot it and you're like, hey, something's going on that I need to pay attention to. And so that's like the benefit. Those became
1: my red flags. Mm-hmm. So once I learned that about myself, I knew that that was my time where I had to take a break. I had to go get fresh air or I had to exercise or I had to work off the anxiety or stress or whatever energy that I was feeling. Mm-hmm that was pulling me to that place, I would, you know, feed myself, which threes are not really good at self-care. Mm. We can go, go, go until we burn out. Mm. And part of my lessons and learning is like, I have to learn how to retract. And so now like my wife will say, why don't you just take a nap? And I'm like, I'm not going to take a nap. I'm, I don't need to take a nap. I got, got some you stuff to do. Maybe, maybe a nap's not such a bad idea. I, you know what? Maybe I can take a nap. You know, now yeah. that I've you know, become healthier. Yeah. Or, you know, shut the laptop. You know, let's go watch a movie or let's go do something with the kids.
0: It's not like the Enneagram changes you. I don't think there's like transformative power within the Enneagram but it's the knowing of the Enneagram that's a descriptor mm-hmm. that can help you identify those red flags and those things to go, I feel that these are signs I'm moving towards unhealth it, but it does take the mental health maturity side, you know, and that's like a whole not, that's a whole nother show, right. Show. Of like uh, of just, you know, growing in that to be able to say yes to the nap, right. Mm-hmm. To say like, to, to actually honor those cues and those red flags and like listen to your body so it it all plays together it's not just about the enneagram babe
2: that should be a new show on tlc say yes to the nap (laughs) sammy sammy what about you
3: i think i had the same reaction when i read my enneagram number as you did tim i actually started crying it was a powerful moment where I did I felt seen, I felt mm-hmm. understood, and I understood myself. It was just this like really beautiful moment of like, oh, that's that yeah, that's why. Like I, like I it gave words to the things I was feeling that I couldn't put words to. And so when I read it, it was just like so powerful. Yeah. Because I'm a two. Yeah. So I'm a helper. And a lot of the times I'm feeling everything. I feel I, I feel the weight of everything. I feel responsibility to fix and help. And I love big, but I have also a lot of resentment too. And so before I didn't understand how I could love and resent so much, you know, in the same moment, because those things don't seem to go together, but they yeah. do.
1: And sometimes we, as in our family, we have to like protect her. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm like she'll give and give and then it's like, oh, this last piece of pizza. Who wants it? And she only had one piece of pizza and she's like, oh, no, no, you can have it. And all the kids and I was like, no, that is your pizza. And she's like, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to like eat that pizza. <laughs> yeah, they're all That's yelling at your, me like, are you. You. you? know that we've had so many
0: experiences yeah. where she's given up that last piece of pizza. And then 30 minutes later, she's going like this. And we're like, what's the matter? She's like, I have a migraine. I think it's because I haven't eaten all day. You know, like, <laughs> you gave me that piece of pizza. Why didn't you eat it? And now she's like, she's having like a full blown migraine. And we're like, we're all like overstuffed. Yeah. Yeah. You were ha- you're like, you're having a blood sugar meltdown because you yeah. haven't eaten all day, but you gave
3: up that last piece of Pizza yeah, well, and it, and it was learning about what love is and it was learning about that love doesn't mean sacrificing yourself till you have nothing. I, I you know, I think as a little kid, that's what I, I saw my worth in helping and I saw my worth in offering love. And the more painful the love, the greater the love. And wow. the more I lost, it meant the more I loved whoever I was giving that love to. And so that was, that's a lot, a big chunk of unlearning that I've been doing the past couple of years is just understanding that loving someone does not mean, loving my family does not mean I'm laying on the ground. Yeah. Starving while everybody else is full to their bellies hanging out, you know? Mm -hmm. And before I used to think that if everybody was full and I was laying on the ground, starving, everybody would know how much I love them. Yeah. Mm. and Yeah. Super hard to unlearn that pattern.
0: Yeah.
2: One thing I've really respected about you, Sammy, as a two, is that especially within dynamics of extended family, number one, you know, everything, you're one of the best listeners that I've met because you can, you, people want to share things with you because they feel helped. They feel encouraged. They feel believed in. Right. But the, on the flip side, you also carry a lot of that weight. So there might, we might be in a big family gathering, And I can tell, like, you're just having a hard, like, it's just been a hard day. Things are weighing on you. And I'm like, why? And then I finally hear like, oh, well, did you know that Auntie so-and-so had this, this, and then this and this? And you're carrying all this weight that I probably us and I had no idea what was going on. We're
3: just like, oh, really? I'm like, these two people are fighting, and these two people are fighting, and this one didn't bring the right food. And this, you know, it's just like...
1: Yeah. Or or we walk into a party or an event and she's so like empath, you know, that she's feeling all that stuff. And even if they didn't tell her, she can sense the friction or the static in the room. And right. like for us, like you said, Tim, we could be completely oblivious. But if you watch her, she's going like, cool, 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 cool. cool. And then it's just like she just powers Shut down. Up. And you're like, oh, Some some, Danger, Will Robinson. Something just went wrong.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's a lot about learning to listen to my body. And and a lot of it Mm -hmm. is learning um, that, I mean, all of that is great to be able to absorb people's what's going on if I'm 100%, -hmm. you know, up, uh, healthy and whatever. But if I'm depleted and I go in and try and carry the weight of the world,
0: Yeah, you're giving.
3: I have physical breakdowns, that's how I get sick. It brings disease to me, Mm
1: -hmm. and so
3: I've really had to, yeah, um, be very aware,
1: but self care too. Self care that's kind of a theme for our family because neither one of us inherently are really good at self care or discipline of that nature. So we end up joining a gym just so that we could have somebody like drive us to do exercise and work out stress and work out that energy no. left to our own devices. We just never get around to it.
2: Yeah. And, and it's one thing why I've appreciated about the em- uh, the Enneagram, because it gives each type warning flags of when you need to take a break or when you need to de- de-stress or when you need to go to the gym, like warning, warning, you're carrying too much or, you know, you're trying to avoid conflict or you're manipulating now, or you're, you know, telling people what to do. However, you know, wh- however our types work, you have those little warning flags to go, Oh, I'm in unhealth right now. I- yeah. or I'm going to be in unhealth. So yeah. I'll need to, let me, let me take I'm some headed
0: for a full breakdown. So how this played out in all in the the four of us like why are we even sitting here on a zoom Mm -hmm. because we've each been through a break breakdown of our own we've all each had our own like (laughs) mental health unraveling you're here of the unraveling and um but we used to live in different parts of the country and then 2009 in june we were moving from seattle to alabama actually literally lived together when we moved to Alabama, we lived in your house because we were looking for housing. We didn't know nothing about the Enneagram. Not one of us was grown yet. There were some big explosions.
1: Well, I'm so see- glad that you've matured and learned how correct and <laughs> right I was during that
0: season. <laughs> we so badly wanted to live together, but there was still so much conflict and yeah. tension, you know? So it's not just like when they're, if it's bad relationships, it's like even in relationships that you want in your life, there's this
2: and we make assumptions about other people. And sometimes we make it based on how, like, if we did that action, like for Angus, for you, I know for threes, I-, I think with different threes in my life, I would look at them as like insecure, just wanting to get the spotlight, which could happen as a three, but could be their power spot, yeah. right? Like that's where they shine the most. And I think for me, it really helped me to start removing judgment about mm-hmm. different people because I saw, oh, they're not doing that just because it's of X. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing that because that is their superpower. That's their that's their framework of how they see the world. And it really allowed me to appreciate kind of the differences and what people needed. L- let me ask you guys, I want to throw out a question. And in what, like, what's a, an example where you have felt the knowing someone else's type in our family has helped you understand them better let me just pause for a second to say this there is one trait that you will find in every successful leader no matter their industry no matter their role and that trait is action and we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-Day Accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show.
1: Well, I was joking before, but I mean, like I was saying between me and Sandra, I think we were probably one of the bigger rifts, you know, amongst all of us when we first came together. And and I was trying to be the big brother and, and, you know, be fun loving and stuff. And to Sandra, I think it was perceived as a threat in many respects. Because she didn't understand where I was coming from. And then I'd be like, what's why, what's up with you, Taiwan? Like what's what's your deal? And so I had misunderstandings about her. And you know, that was And
3: me and Tim are like, no, no. <laughs>
1: You didn't want and conflict. It, I didn't it, want you got conflict. got down to where there had to be an intervention where you <laughs> Yo, guys oh yeah, we had, sat us down. Yeah, she didn't want to talk to me. And I was like, oh, I don't want to talk to the Lord. Lord. It was really my
2: fault. Well, yeah, I was the one who accidentally said that Sandra was mad at Angus. And then it was just like, Angus is like, what? She's mad at me? Wait, what? And then I'm like, oh no, oh no, take it back, take it back, take it back. So yeah, yeah had that whole internet. We had
0: a full like powwow in
3: the living room where we were, yeah, we cried it out. I think. Cried. Ellen. Thank God Tim had his nine, his yeah. nine skills to like mediate and be like. So no, Angus is coming from this perspective and Sandra's coming from this perspective. <laughs> meanwhile, oh my meanwhile, God. meanwhile I'm sure I'm just you're like, like <gasps> I'm here to support
2: you both.
0: No, <laughs> oh. oh, I think you did that too. You did
2: great, Sandra. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you
0: guys were talking us through it. And... We, I mean, I mean, that was early on, but I mean, gosh, like we, and we did get through that. And that was a huge transformation in my, in our relationship, me and Gus, but we have come so far because, you know, where it used to rub me the wrong way, but now it's like, I value those things in Angus, the things that if used to kind of like, what, oh, what's that thing about him? You know, it's like now. And and I'm
1: not afraid of you anymore.
0: (laughs) And uh-uh, why did you stutter then? <laughs> <laughs> you better still be afraid of me. <laughs> I think it works. My relationships work best when everybody's just a teeny bit afraid of me.
2: He's <laughs> like, you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as you believe I'm right. And then we're
3: yeah. like, no. Hey, oh. oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about for you? Like, what was the biggest.
3: I don't know. I think that, I think for Tim, I am beginning to see that your compliance does not always mean you're easygoing
2: or and, that I agree
3: and that or that you agree.
2: Yeah.
3: And so and so you to me are are one of the out of the four of us the hardest to read because you'll be like I yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like if we're if we're going on a camping trip then you won't say you want to raft that day. But you'll want to do it, and you'll do the stand-up paddleboard, but I haven't yet been able to sense, like, are you mad about that? So, like, <laughs> you do you mad? want to do something else?
2: And sometimes it's really funny because you'll ask me, like, no, Tim, what do you really want to do? I'm like, I-, I don't care where we go out to eat. No, Tim, where do you want to go? Yeah, like, so, I'm like, I really, care, Sammy, I really
3: don't care, Yeah, yeah, I'm always <laughs> digging because I'm like, wait, I think you do care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there yeah, are, no. is this one of those moments when you're saying one thing, but thinking another.
2: <laughs> it's so true. Cause as nines in general, you don't like the conflict. And so sometimes it really is like, I really, I just want to go out to dinner with y'all. Like it really, if it matters some, I mean, I can pick one, but it really doesn't matter to me, but there's other times where I might disagree with something that's being decided or whatever. And I don't use my voice. And so what ends up happening is I end up doing all this passive aggressive stuff.
3: Yeah. So afterwards, protest, you'll be kind of mad. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Or you'll, or, or
3: Tim, you'll actually go do the thing you want to do. Yeah. You know, and we're like, where'd Tim go? Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, well, if you wanted to do that, we, we should have all done that, you know, so that you're, I'm still trying to figure you out, Tim.
2: Yeah. You're a tricky one too, Sammy, because a lot of times I'm trying to figure you out. No, 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 no. No, because a lot of times I a lot of times it'll be hard for you perhaps to say no, or you'll take on too much, right? And I, I think that's that's one of the things. And Gus, you're way more experienced this in the idea of if you have a two in your life, your goal is to help um make sure they don't get overloaded. Right. And, and see those flags, make sure they have those self-care. And so sometimes Sammy, I think you could be doing things and I think, Oh, she's got it covered when really probably in your mind, you're like, man, I would love somebody to help me with X, Y, and Z and just offer and not even give you
3: an option. Like, no, I'm going to. And and meanwhile, the resentment is slowly building, slowly building. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I've ha- I'm I too, Tim, am trying to learn to find my voice, find my no, find my yes, and mean it. And
1: yeah, like like just the words. I could use a little help over here, please. No,
3: I don't. I I don't. But you
2: wouldn't don't say that, right? Say that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Where so- I make
0: everybody help because that's the right thing to do, and everybody needs to be helping because that's I believe everybody should be helping. So I have no problem being like, you need to get up and help, and you need to do this, you know.
3: Yeah.
1: Tim and I are like, well, they didn't ask for help. I, I mean, <laughs> let's just yeah, keep on watching. like, Get in here and help. And
3: I'm like,
1: <laughs> I wish they would come
3: in here and help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know one thing, Gus, you and I had a great conversation a couple of years ago uh, when we would all get together as family. My natural tendency, because I'm work, work, work. So when it comes to holidays, I just want to crash and chill and relax. Nines in general have a lower. They're not the lowest on the Enneagram, but as far as lower energy they're more or lower energy. So um, my energy is, you know, spent when I go out, and I recharge when I'm in close proximity to family at home. But guys, I love it. You just said like, Hey, dude, I need to go out. Like, So we can't just watch movies all the time. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, we could. Yeah, we could do that. Like, let's go bowling, or let's go to a movie. Or. Yeah. And so it's even helped even in our relationship of like, Hey, man, where do you want to go out to lunch? Like, because I know that gives you energy. I know you get to see people and you get to connect with people and you know you get to be where there are where people who can plug us into the social pipeline.
3: You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, you know, that that conversation was really hard for me. Mm. And I wasn't in it. But I remember when when Angus goes, I'm gonna talk to Tim about it. And I was like, stop. Just go with the flow and what he needs. And that's been something that I've had to learn to. Because, because it's not in my natural framework to place demands or requests mm. on people, I don't like when he does it. And he does it, he, he you know, he does it well and he knows how to, And but I'm afraid always for him to place demands or requests or anything like that. And so it's, it's always scary and I've had to learn to just be like, you do you, dude. That that conversation sounds real scary to me, and I don't think I would want to have it, but you do you. And then it normally always works out very well, and people respond well. And I'm like, wow, you're really teaching me to advocate for whatever.
0: Yeah, just say what you need. I was really glad that Angus said what he needed, because I also know that it's important that as a friend, you know, and again, with the Enneagram, that you don't just say, well, this is my number. I'm low energy. Sorry. And then you just stay there. but. Okay, you're low energy, but you still have a friend who wants to go out with you, and this is a relationship that if you value it, guess what? Sometimes you get up and you go out and you go hang out or you go do something that somebody else wants to do. So it is a good practice of yeah. stepping outside yourself, recognizing but also valuing relationships to say, "I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone and do this thing because I value this relationship too." I think Angus and I were kind of i think we're more clean cut like i feel like you guys have a lot of internal stuff you know that we have to all figure out but pretty much me we're pretty
1: and- easy like <laughs> throwing it out right? <laughs> her emotions they're right here
0: me
1: and i have a question like what is it between the two of you in the enneagram did you learn anything different about your relationship yeah as sisters did you learn anything <laughs> about yourself
3: You know, I think that we, we have a deep understanding for each other, but so I think we're just energetically connected in a real fun way. So I do, I do, it gave me understanding in the sense of like, oh, that's why she's so organized. That makes sense. You know, like it gave me boxes to understand the things that I always knew you did. I think with you a lot, it's like taking care of each other thing. And maybe
0: that's from childhood um <laughs> that's from childhood trauma.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess
0: we had to take care of each other for a while there. Um <laughs> so I think that's been long ingrained in our relationship is to like
3: take care of one another. Maybe. I think that the thing that maybe has helped us is because we understand in enneagram the growth trajectory, the growth pattern, we can encourage each other in that, that. growth. Yeah. Like hey, I know as a one I know we're where you're aiming to get to. And you know, you're like, as a two, I know you're aiming to get to more self care. And so you encourage me in those kinds of uh, growth behaviors. Yeah. Yeah.
2: One other thought I wanted to run by you guys is just the other numbers, right? We have an eight in our family, mm-hmm. and that is uh, your eldest daughter. We have a, a six, which is our eldest daughter. We have a mini me one, which is her second daughter. Um, our, our oldest son is a seven. Um, your mom is a five, right?
1: And My then, mom is a five, too. Uh, Get out. What? <laughs>
2: <And> then, <laughs> Angus, your brother is a four. Is He's that right? Four.
0: Your right. twin brother.
2: My twin brother is a four. Yeah. yeah. So, it's been do you guys have any thoughts or, of interacting with one of those other numbers that we haven't talked about or anything that was kind of a, a helpful piece knowing? their number and what, you know, what it was about.
1: I, th- I think for me, and be, and, it, and part of this is because I think because of a coach, you know, people all the time, it's about learning how to deliver in a way that other person can receive it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like I was saying, you know, my three can overpower some other people. The maturity comes when you can be self-aware enough to perceive what that other person might be. Or, and if you have the privilege of already knowing you kind of have insight in how to approach them in a far safer way yeah. that they feel, you know, that other person feels safe. And right. I even that, if
3: they don't know the
1: Enneagram. Even if they don't yeah. know, but it's, it's like we were saying before, it's like you don't get to know the Enneagram just for you. You get to know it so that you can serve others more powerfully and have more deeper relationships and connections. And so I think that's been really helpful because I think in the same way, like with your mom, like she and a five, you know, fives oftentimes live in a cerebral world where they're processing, they're a bit slower to um, to speak and they're taking in that information. And when they do speak, it's typically something that's far more thought out and it's deep within, you know, what their, their opinion is about that issue. Yeah. If I come in just like, like <laughs> that kind of personality will shut them down and make them feel devalued. Mm. They will perceive me as being a jackass, a jerk yeah. or someone they can't trust.
0: Yeah.
1: With my personality. Yeah. And so those are things that I've learned that I've had to like, just pull back the reins whenever I'm talking to a five. Mm. Now I slow down mm. and my voice gets quieter. And I ask more questions and I didn't know that before.
3: Well, and also too, like with the five, uh, with, with my mom, like if we'd be at a family party and then she would have to leave the room and because she would have to go recharge. And that felt like rude. Like, why are you leaving? We're all out here. We're having fun. But -hmm. for her, she needed that. And so to honor that about her and to just be like, not, you know, not, put a demand on her to be in a place where she didn't need to be at that moment for her, Mm -hmm. for her own sanity. I think. The Enneagram helps us to give space to everybody Mm -hmm. and and what they need. And because it it could be different than what we need. Right. And so it looks different. And so to be able to give someone space to say, no, if you need to leave the room because you need to recharge, I don't get that, but I understand that that's what you need if I don't necessarily have something in common with that family member, you know, maybe I'm not super close with that family member. I can find ways of connection yeah, because I understand what's important to them kind of at a core value. Mm -hmm. And so it has helped me bridge connection where I don't necessarily see clear connection.
1: Yeah. And Tim, Tim, you said before, we think people do things for the same reasons that we do things You know, and so we place that judgment or project that on them without understanding like, no, there's, there may be something completely different behind that motivation. And I think the Enneagram helps kind of give you a little window into that thing that either they're trying to move towards and it's motivating them or something they're trying to move away from because it scares them.
0: And here's another thing too, is that the more we learn to honor our bodies and those red flags in ourselves and kind of go, you know what, even though this is hard, this is actually what I need. I need to, I need help or whatever it is. I need to honor this thing that I'm feeling in myself. I think that lends itself towards then being able to be compassionate with others. Cause when it's, they have to do something that isn't necessarily something that you vibe with. You're like, I feel you, you know what I mean? Like if you're honoring that part of yourself, then go ahead on and keep doing that, you know, because I'm learning to do that for myself. So it's that compassion, that self-compassion that allows you to kind of operate in compassion for other people too. No, yeah.
2: yeah. definitely with our kids. It's, it, that has been a huge help for me is understanding their needs, you know, and not downplaying like my oldest daughter is a six, which is a loyalist. She's fiercely loyal And she's kind of worst-case scenario. Like she kind of thinks, "What's all the things that could go wrong?" And it's a way to keep the family safe. And 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 I would always like downplay or like, "Don't worry about that." Like just as opposed to like, "Oh, that's well thought out." You know, kind of reason and and sort of talk her through where she doesn't go into fear, but just okay, I got those bases covered. Now we can go have fun. Um, Or my little son, who's a three, like give him that place in the spotlight. Let him. Like, have fun where everyone's cheering his name, you know? And he just... We he literally loves- did
0: that this morning. It was yeah. like, hand up, yeah. hand <laughs> In his face, he was like... Oh. He just forgot I mean, everything he was supposed to do. You met <laughs> his just, soul.
3: Oh, it was his
0: soul, man. It was just, yeah. like,
3: life-giving. I have to do that to Angus in the morning. Angus, <laughs> Angus,
2: We Ang- love you. you so awesome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we had to sum it all up and kind of wrap it up this this notion of like if we you know if people are watching and maybe they are feeling conflict or um, tension in their family relationships let's land and let's maybe give one takeaway that we each have that we would offer that person as maybe like a good deep breath kind of tip for them? I'll
0: start in that these relationships that are in your life are worth fighting for. You know, it's not that we don't know that, but is um, helpful to remember because sometimes you just feel like, oh, this isn't worth it. I just want to throw in the towel or that person will never change. And it just feels really hard, but it's so worth it Mm -hmm. to keep working at it and I just feel like it's life. I mean, I feel like this is what life is because all of us have such different personalities that could just explode, you know, and have in the past. But it's so <laughs> worth it. It's so worth to keep working at it and to do do whatever work
1: you have to do. I'm about to sneeze, so um, I'm trying to keep it together.
0: Oh, I thought you were crying.
1: <laughs> oh, we thought there was I a tear I was coming out. Uh, it was actually, I wish it was more sincere than that, but um, <laughs> it was me wanting to cease. Um, but wow. in, that, in that same vein, I think the thing I would say is, um, well, well, twofold. One is don't take anything personally. Ooh, that's People hard. do things for these different reasons, yeah. mm. and it doesn't always mean it's something against you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really right? good.
1: And when you understand the Enneagram, you start to understand that people will do these certain things that it feels like it's against you or, or to you, but it's most times it's not. And then the second piece is I want to strive to be the best person I can be. And so for me, diving into the Enneagram, the biggest thing I want people to feel is safe. That when people are in my presence, they feel safe and empowered. And the more that I can lean into that, the more I feel I'm being my authentic self. And yeah. I'm honestly showing up in my power, which is not for me to be up front. It's rather to lift other people.
2: That's really cool. You know, one of my biggest takeaways is that differences are really complementary, that they're really helpful. They, they make for a more richer, fuller life. We see that even in marriages, right, where sometimes you would think it was the you know similarities attract, but sometimes those opposites create for a much fuller expression of life. And it's hard, right, mm-hmm. that you come into those conflicts where we're not the same and we do things for different reasons. And why isn't she doing this? And why isn't he doing this? And but it's in working through that that you you learn each other's differences, and that actually makes for a greater, you know, more fuller quality of life. So it, it is worth working through so that you can come on the other end of really enjoying this cool relationships with people who are totally unlike yourself and yet you know them you believe in them and you're all working together toward whatever that goal is as far as a family is.
1: yeah see how we're perfecting the imperfections
2: right yes yes
3: little oh circle, you brought it back, brought it back. Well, i would oh, say oh, um circle. i would say mine's a little different from all of yours. I, She's like, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, give up.
1: Bunch of Let these a- people a- lose. Find no. yourself
3: a new community. <laughs> um, one of the one of the most fun things uh, that I discovered with the Enneagram is that there are these. This, there's this area where you can say, I'm a two, and I'm in a relationship with a three. And you can pair those two numbers together and see how you work together and see how you should communicate. And then also see where you're like together, your pitfalls are, what you mm-hmm. need to be aware of. And that has been really fun, mm-hmm. um, to, fun. to like, um, it, it gives me a good roadmap mm-hmm. for when yeah. I'm working with people and and loving people and, you know, being in connection mm-hmm. and community with people for me to be like, hey this is where we thrive together. And this is where we like our rock stars together. And then this is where we can look out for stuff. And so Mm -hmm. that's like a really fun, practical roadmap Mm -hmm. that I found the Enneagram to provide. That's a good practical thing to do. Yeah.
0: Start off by taking an, an Enneagram quiz. You can also just read through the summary descriptions and see which one you connect with most and not answering who you like, wish you were who you want to be but who, what you really feels like oh man that connects with my
3: motivations awesome yay wow. that was so fun to have for, that for so. with you guys
1: thank you so much for joining us we hope that you've got a lot out of this conversation we hope that you find your story in our stories and that you find the motivation, the inspiration, and some, I don't know, maybe some laughter on our behalf and find the things that are gonna make your life and your relationships that much sweeter. Thanks for joining us. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ Plus, where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals, and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving.